Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryear's news today. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryear's news today. Hello and welcome to Yesterday's News Today, 6th of September, 1922. Sarah Winchester has been found dead after an extensive search through her mystery maze. The first single-day crossing of the United States using an aircraft. Mining disaster in Cumbria, England. 39 dead. And finally, man brings his horse to dance, is boxed to death. That was the news as it was this week in 1922, September the 6th. Which can mean only one thing. You're listening to yesteryear's news. Where the news is better late than never. I'm Shane. I'm Johnny. Hello and welcome. I had another idea for an entrance where if we ever decide not to do the newsreel. Oh yeah. Where like, you know, it's dead silence. Like the music plays, whatever, and then the show opens with the week is September the 6th, 1922. The US president was Warren G. Harding. The prohibition experiment was in its early days. Uh, Al Capone had just been arrested for hitting a taxi driver while drunk. But much more happened that week. And we're not doing any of those stories. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Because they're yeah, just like... Yeah. S- just little yeah. things about that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then it just goes into it. That's uh, a good idea. Or like, and it's the year Great Gatsby was set. You know, just stuff like that. You just list yeah, that out. And little facts of what, what was that year. Yeah, to set it up. It's and not then, a bad And then one. we do our own like so the stories aren't the headlines because we always do the headlines after we talk about the stories. Because we don't want to give away the story to each, to each other. Yeah. So then when someone listens to it, they're like, oh, yeah, but I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a word. So maybe we do that for a few. From nec- the yeah, next one on, we it. could try that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> or we just don't do it for this episode. And the music just starts. And then we say that was the news as it was. And people are like, what? but there was no headlines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah, well, I'll do headlines for today. And then uh, and we'll try it next week. Let us know yeah. what you think. And of course, uh, follow us as always on Twitter at YNT Podcast. Yesteryear's news today on Facebook. Though I've still, I'll be honest, like I haven't even been putting the episodes up on Facebook anymore. <laughs> I saw that this week. I didn't bother this week because last time the only person who saw it was me. It it reached two people, and I had liked it as my own page. And like, what I went clicked back in like a few days later and just seeing that I was the only one who liked it, I was Aww. like. Now that just looks embarrassing. Yeah, poor Johnny. But well, poor us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but like, at least on Twitter, like, actually, people see if followers are going up on that. So yeah, I think it's just like Facebook. You have to pay to be seen, essentially. You do really. So yeah, just yeah. sheer laziness is like I, was, uh, I had forgotten to put it up, and I was like, oh yeah, I need to do that, and I was like, there's no point. <laughs> too, like I've come too far. My laptop's already <laughs> closed. Uh, but yeah, and we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and anywhere you find good podcasts. So subscribe and rate us and Hello. get in touch. I have one really quick thing, and then we y- you can take over. Um, yeah. Just because when I stayed with, we started segments last week, and oh, we had course, a, a, yeah. a movie of the week, and it related to a story we had done before. I have a movie this week that kind of relates to, well, more relates to somebody's featured in this who came up before in a podcast uh but yes the movie that was released this week and this legit was actually released this week was sherlock holmes 1922 sherlock holmes oh yes yeah you do you know this film or anything 
I think I do, yeah, but go on. Um, yeah, because uh, like, uh, you'd be here much I've, I'm sure I've read a Wikipedia page about it. Yeah, Al- Albert, Albert Parker directed it. Sounds like <laughs> Albert Parker. No, <laughs> that's not how it relates. Uh, well, the plot synopsis, this is a young Sherlock Holmes seeks to bring down the criminal mastermind Mariarty, Mariarty <laughs> as he solves a crime involving a blackmailed prince. This is the actor who started the pipe and hat and look wasn't it oh i um, think i don't actually know you think oh it could be oh well we should look i I I have a a feeling that this was the this is like one of the first films and this is the actor who who created the what is the famous sherlock holmes look because that's really that's not how he looks in the books it's not how he's described in the book or anything but the hat the hunting hat with the kind of flaps on it yeah and the the big bended pipe i think was the actor from this I have a feeling oh, that's this, this is the film. This is our Google. Of the I have a feeling I, I, I'm pretty sure I looked this up ages ago thinking, oh, when we get to that year, I'll do that story. And what, then I forgot about it. What would I... I don't even know what like would be the keywords to search <laughs> to find this out. Sherlock Holmes, 1922. No, yeah, I know. But like to find <laughs> out... like I'm going to be reading a while before it comes up that such and oh, such sorry, created yeah, no. the costume. I've no idea. I have to remember his name. Well, I know his name. That's what actually how this relates to a story. So anyway, go the on. actor that played yeah Sherlock Holmes in it was John Barrymore. Oh, very good. Do you know? Do you know why that's familiar? It showed like it's a really obscure mention in the podcast. Okay. He was the one-time boyfriend of Evelyn Nesbitt, who was remember the Stanford White murder. Yeah. Remember Stanford White was the. Remember Stanford White? He was murdered by Henry Tall. Henry Tall was this psychotic guy who went out with Evelyn Nesbitt. Yes, yes. John Barrymore was the guy she went out with for a while. Yes. And Stanford White sort of convinced her mother that this Barrymore guy was no good for her. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and Barrymore was a cartoonist at the time. Yeah. Uh, Is this the same Barrymore? This is the same Barrymore, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, because it was funny, because at the time when he came up in that story, he, his family were all actors, but he wanted to be a cartoonist, and that's why the mother thought he wasn't good for Evelyn, because he was just a cartoonist. <laughs> and he didn't want to be an actor but obviously seeing that he's in, in Sherlock Holmes now in 1922 he obviously yeah. went back which is kind of sad now it's like oh well if he made that decision years ago the mother would have let Evelyn see him Stanford White yeah. wouldn't have got his way Henry Tall wouldn't have kidnapped all that stuff wouldn't have happened oh that's so sad yeah it's all his fault <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, here's some from my. This is one of the few Silent Holmes films that has survived, including his first, oh yeah, his first appearance in an Edison short is also still around, and one called Sherlock Holmes. Oh no, this is the Edison one. It's called Sherlock Holmes Baffled, from 1900. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, which is mad because at the time, still writing like uh, yeah, yeah, Conan, yeah, Arthur Conan Doyle was still writing it. Yeah, yeah. Time. Like it was wasn't it wasn't a complete series yet. Like it's th- mad. This must be the one you're talking about. I, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the like the pictures of Barrymore as uh, Sherlock Holmes, all he's got all that stuff. And do you know what it was? I was reading an article about the actor who plays him in Elementary. I can't. What's his name? Something Lee. And I think he mentioned Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller. And I was reading an interview with Johnny Lee Miller. Because I think he does, from reading the books, I think he's the best modern interpretation of him. I think he's way better than Cumberbatch's version. Because he's really true to the character. Yeah, yeah. And and I read an interview with Johnny Lee Miller and he was going on about how 
he read all the books when he found out that he was he'd got the part and he really or he was going for the part or whatever and he really got into it and he decided to tr- stray away from this interpretation and i think he mentioned barrymore and then i looked up Barry, and then it kind of led me down a, a trail yeah. and two hours later i'd read loads of stuff about it, you know that kind of um and i have a feeling that's yeah he this is the actor who he basically invented the look that stuck with Holmes for like every interpretation every actor was like oh yes i need that hat and i need the i need the pipe and you know. I'm, I'm looking at posters here for sherlock holmes films from 1900 up to 1950 and the first one looking through them where he looks like that sherlock holmes is this one yeah i can't see i'm i just can't it's too like right now it'd take too long to actually read through yeah, stuff yeah, to no, verify it. but looking at the pictures it looks like it yeah. but i just thought it was interesting that he came up before and now there he is there's a follow-up on him actually know he went and became an actor and done something <laughs> yeah. then like he done quite a lot yeah. he done loads of work it seems and but yeah if he actually like gave sherlock holmes that iconic look that's yeah that's a suspicion pretty, pretty impressive it's like i don't know an actor who i'm trying to think like is there any actor that played batman that done something to the character that had, was then taken on in the comic books and oh, everything yeah. else yeah. like giving him a stupid voice or <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know it's uh no in that way well after michael keaton played ba- batman a lot of the cartoons and comic books started giving him the black costume like they took out oh, the gray yeah he wasn't the gray yeah with the had... black symbol it was they the, went the other way yeah yeah so like I, that's the closest i can think to something like like that would became yeah, batman's yeah. look for a while i mean in all the films like even the nolan one goes with the black yeah not the but classic the gray yeah, costume, yeah. Which not quite the same as Barry Moore and Holmes, but no, it's the closest I can think you're of. You're getting into serious art department kind yeah. of stuff. The closest one would be um, I can think of is a lot of the Doctor Who's. Is the actors chose the look a lot? Yeah, but the looks still change it. You know, it's not like that's mean. But then it stayed with them for just that in yeah. incarnation or whatever. It wasn't stuff that carried on through. The most famous being um, the scarf. Mm-hmm. There's been loads of hints of it yeah, through the years. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's good. Yeah, so the first actor to do the scarf, yeah, then that stuck it around. Kinda, it stuck around a little bit. And... Well, that's all. I, yeah. That's really all I had on that one. Yeah, like, yeah. do you have more of like born this year, this week, or this year? Or I have a uh, dead this week. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But I'll, I think I'm gonna hold off on that one because that's a longer one. That's just a proper segment. I'm just oh, put... okay. I've, I have a little short event that happened this week. Yeah, because I there was very little information I could find on it. And that was on September 4th, 1922, the first uh, s- single day crossing of the United States. And this was, he was a famous pilot during the interwar period. And he won a lot of, he did a lot of like loads of different records, like speed records and all this kind of stuff. But one of his big ones was, um, he made the first uh, of many pioneering flights, uh, flying a D, uh, Halliland DH-4 which was equipped with the early navigational systems and he flew uh, he did the first cross country flight from Pablo Beach near Jacksonville in Florida to Rockwell Field in San Diego, California uh, and he did it in 21 hours and 19 minutes uh, making only one refueling stop um, in Kelly Field which was, uh, and then the US Army awarded him the Distinguished Flying Cross. Distinguished it. Flying Cross. Yeah. 
and that's all I could really get on it. There's no, there's no much more information that, on it. Like, yeah. That sounds like such a made-up thing. I know, yeah. flying across. Um, How long did but you, you say, he was the first one to do a continuous flight across. 21 hours, you say? 21 hours, 19 minutes. I reckon now it probably takes like four hours yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still actually like, it still seems quite fast still. Yeah, I know. Yeah. How long would refueling take? That was me, that beep, and you heard. I just, oh, okay, yeah. It's just Johnny rebooting. Because imagine, uh, <laughs> I imagine like refueling back then could have taken two hours. Like, yeah, yeah, it could have been the length of a flight now. Like you have to wind back up the plane to. <laughs> what was his name? Doolittle. Doolittle. Yeah, yeah. I, I I did have it obviously just when I was writing my notes. But and, uh, you might say he done quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. No, I'll give you that one. There was loads of information about him and like his war career and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there was very little I could find on the actual flight. It seemed like that was it pretty much. He was, sorry, twenty one hours, nineteen minutes, yeah. So Well, do you want me to jump ahead with my dead this week or do you want to go uh, No, yeah, with... go ahead, yeah. Okay, because I think you'll just like this. Um so yeah, it's a new segment. Dead this week. Last week was born this week. Uh-huh. Just depends who's born or who's died. Whatever you find. Yeah. Actually, like, I was kind of waiting for this story to come along. I was like, I hope something involving this woman comes up soon. Because, oh, yeah. like, I just know about this. But uh, on the 5th of September, Sarah Winchester died. Um, she was 82 or 83, kind of, depending. There's, like, records. There's actually nobody knows what age she was, really. Oh, yeah. She was born, like, the, she was born between 1835 and 1845 so <laughs> yeah, um, okay. now she was William Winchester William Worth Winchester Winchester yeah. she was his husband from the Winchester gun gun yes yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking um, either that or they hunted demons a lot of people actually you always hear in like the he was he, he founded the Winchester Winchester repeat what's it called the repeating the Winchester repeating arms company but he didn't actually it was his father he was just oh, okay. he well he he would have been her. I think he only died like a few years after his death. But he worked alongside his father. Yeah, but it was yeah. his father that invented them. Yeah, so background. Uh, right, William was from William Winchester was from Baltimore. Uh, Sarah was from Connecticut. And William was the first and only son of Oliver Winchester, who so that's the original manufacturer of the Winchester rifle. Yeah. And yeah, like the Winchester, just as a side note, the Winchester rifle, it's not really... Uh, it's not a unique invention it's in itself. It's a redesign of another, of a single barrel rifle. Oh, right, okay. And what they are is just rifles that have multiple rounds of ammunition. Load a true magazine. And that's what's well, unique they, about They invented them. the magazine part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to keep reload after every shot. Yeah. And they're essentially like directly, you know, the, the Civil War was won by the Winchester rifle. Yeah, yeah. Depending on which side you're on. He <laughs> <laughs> was also a loser. <laughs> but um, but it was it was a game changer against muskets. Also. Yeah, That's yeah. The, the Volcanic Rifle, that was the <laughs> much better name. That's the deadly name. Sarah, Sarah sorry, uh, Sarah Perdi was her name before Marion. Uh, and she was like just this, like she was apparently this gorgeous girl um and like really really bright and apparently really really small she's only four foot ten wow that's actually really important for where this story goes okay and she was like dubbed the ball of new the the bell of new haven the ball ball. (laughs) (laughs) well here comes the old ball of new haven (laughs) um the bell of new haven 
uh, and by age 12 she was fluent in latin french spanish and italian wow and she had like this this huge knowledge of like all the classic like homer and shakespeare she just like milton's paradise lost was her favorite book like and it's a 12 year old and she's really talented musician as well taught herself piano like taught herself yeah just figured it out like (laughs) and she she went to yale which was the only uh, yeah. institute that actually allow female students at the time, apparently. Or one, well, not the only, but one of the few. Well, probably the only of that yeah. level. Like. So she didn't do finishing school. She actually went to university. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She wasn't waiting around to just find a husband. She actually got an education. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So she went to Yale uh, and joined the Young Ladies Collegiate Institute, uh. which was just a... a like a what's a not a frat but yeah well yeah, a social club of sorts but yeah. there was also like meant to be like some uh, freemason links with it of course and like yale would have had a lot of freemason groups yeah um just to set up that's the circles that she would have mixed with yeah so they married in 1862 in september as well and they had a child called annie but the child died only like a few weeks after she was oh. born in 66 so uh, naturally that like sarah winchester fell into like a deep depression after that yeah and then um oliver winchester dies and the son william dies just a year after that wow and so she's left without a husband or a child or and apparently yeah she got her father-in-law she was very close with him too so like very yeah depressing but so after the death of her husband uh she inherited 50% of the Winchester Repeat and Rifle Company. Of course. Uh, $20 million. Wow. In, <laughs> it. in, in old-timey money. That's yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> um, well, like, it, what, the 1860s, 70s? Um, 63, I think. Yeah. Well, the, oh, no, sorry. So the marriage, like sorry, I just so it's looked a c- at couple years after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's before the t- turn of the century. Like. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so inherited fifty percent of the company, twenty million dollars. So she also had a she had an income of a thousand euro a week, which like that's a lot wow. for the time. Yeah, adjusted for inflation, that's like twenty five grand now. Yeah, just all people that make more than that footballers. I was just gonna say, she, I was just gonna say, she's I like al- a footballer. <laughs> I always think of that though. Like that footballers still make like sixty grand a week and six hundred grand. <laughs> but yeah, but after his death. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, she didn't really care about that. Um, after the death, she just moved around. She bought loads of properties, including this big farm in California. And more importantly, she went on this long three-year trip uh, around Europe. And there's not many, like, records of what she really done in Europe. Yeah. Did she just travel around? But considering, like, her social status and the club she was in in Yale, it's assumed... That she traveled and met with uh, people, uh, Freemason practitioners oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. tenants, whatever the proper word of the word. Or she did a lot of absent with uh, like impressionists. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that she was like just a, a master in like just European language and that, that she could have just traveled anywhere and yeah, met yeah. with all these high up clubs. And in France, she could probably have been admitted into the actual because yeah, so Freemason is a, a boys' club. You know, women yeah, aren't yeah. allowed in, but there was a couple of like strong-headed women 
yeah, of course. from yeah, yeah, yeah. like f- from those circles that like demanded membership which is so it's weird to demand membership into a secret society <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and in france uh there was a lot of masonic lodges that did allow women and she spent a lot of time in france so she probably did join whether she joined those groups or not what is known is that while she was traveling europe she visited a lot of historic sites and many of them would have been masonic there was um Charity's Cathedral in Paris is that I'm not probably not pronouncing that right either. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, it's fr- fr- I've done I've done French and still uh, right. try your French accent to do it. Charity's Cathedral. <laughs> 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 like um, but yeah, like I know and I know about this place. I just don't know the right pronunciation. So when you read stuff like that's all I need to yeah. listen to more audio books. Need to use Audible more. <laughs> And I could get a free book if I went to audibletrial.com forward slash YNT. But yeah, there's this like huge maze there. This all sounds like it's pointless, but I promise this is all leading somewhere. Okay, yeah. There's this huge maze in this cathedral where people would like go on pilgrimages just to walk around it as like an act of repentance. Because like it's, it's a huge maze and you can yeah. get lost in it. And then the only one, you know, you have to get to the circle in the middle to then find your way out. Yeah. And you, so apparently, like, you can't go back. Like, you just get more lost if you go back. And it's just this... It's like a trick, but... That's it, cool. Yeah, I really want to go. And and so she'd done that at some point. And she also went to Roslyn Chapel in Scotland, which has more Freemason symbology all over it. And it's linked with the Ninth Templar. And oh, yeah. this... One of the, like, famous features of that is a vault b- below the church with uh, a staircase that leads nowhere <laughs> like it just ends just, just like end at a wall yeah apparently but that's somewhere we could go at least that's cool well we actually both of these are within uh, we could both go to Paris and Scotland oh yeah but and again that comes up later but it's there's like yeah it just leads nowhere and it sounds like just a mad design it's become the stuff of legend at the staircase that actually at one point led to the original crypt within the crypt oh. but was sealed shut and so all these legends came over the years that um there was just just this huge huge vault underneath it with the mummified head of jesus christ the holy grail <laughs> the treasure of the templars and the original crown jewels of scotland wow i'd imagine like one of them might be there <laughs> yeah they all can't be that's that'd be awesome yeah can imagine <laughs> finding it if you just completely off topic, but say you did, you find out like the, the Marvel universe is real, like the Marvel movie universe, and you come across like some crypt like that, and one of the soul gem- gems is there. Oh yeah. Would you chance touching it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just on the off chance you have like, you can wield uh, godly power. I mean, I'd poke it with a stick for a while first. <laughs> Let's see if the stick blows. And uh, I'd play around with it anyway. I'd probably put on some heavy gloves pick it up in case it got melted but then i suppose thing is if i lived in that universe i wouldn't really know about it unless i was directly involved with like what happened in the marvel films. if you found like the mummified head of jesus would you touch it oh yeah <laughs> yeah i'd probably touch any like I, i'd be a bit wary of the gem but the holy grail the ark of the covenant all that i'd look in oh yeah definitely but um, actually, I do have a little thing about Roslyn Chapel here. The Earl of Roslyn 
1837 when he died. Oh, he's the second Earl, sorry. His wish was to be buried in the original vault. Yeah. That the stairs apparently did lead to. So there was all these... Ex- people went to huge lengths searching oh, right. over a period of weeks to to find some way to get into this original vault that supposedly existed. Yeah. And... No, no entrance could be found, so he was just buried beside his wife in the <laughs> normal spot. Wow. So, there's probably no vault. If, like, people actually went looking for this RL. They probably built the stairs and tended to build a vault and then just never did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like, the, what really happened. there is, like, the, the other vault is actually just, like, six foot in diameter. So, there's yeah. an, and that was the only entrance, so you can just can't get in. And it, it's just entirely bricked up. Yeah. But... Anyway, just a more mention of Sarah. I was about to say Mary. Well, was saying a huge time. I was like, what happened to her next? <laughs> um, yeah, so there is like loads of links now to her family had all these interests in the occult. Like when you look up at Wikipedia, there's all that oh, stuff. Okay. But I think that's just the old timey thing of like Freemasons or occult. Yeah. And yeah. like, because her uncles were, mem- were Freemasons, there probably wasn't a great interest in the occult, but maybe. Yeah. But anyway, so when she goes back to America, she goes to see a psychic at some point called uh, Adam Coombs in Boston. And he tells her she's being haunted. Wow. And he makes contact with uh, the husband, with William as well. Yeah. And what's happening is all the victims that have died at the barrel of a Winchester rifle... Oh. are now haunting her and that's what got her husband and that's what got the grandfather that's why they died a year apart and all this oh, and all the bad luck cool. she's been having has been about about this yeah yeah and for some reason she's a the psychic tells her and i think the instruction the psychic says anyway the instructions coming from william that she needs to move west to uh santa clara valley and she needs to buy a house yeah big house and she needs to i'm not sure how he fit but she needs to like essentially hide from from the spirits there yeah it's unclear actually because yeah it's unclear whether she has to build this house for the spirits that are haunting her or build it to hide to hide from them yeah like because it's all this it's all kind of legend anyway but either way she's told like she just has to build it and she has to Keep something with it. <laughs> keep building it, because if she ever if she stops, she'll die. The same way she'll uh, dic- okay. she'll meet an end the same as the others did. So yeah, she buys uh, Doctor Cadwell is the guy who originally owned the house, um, and she buys it off him. It's a hundred and sixty one acre of farmland, and she hired a crew of twenty carpenters and began this huge project. It lasted for 38 years. Just continually extending the house. Yeah. <laughs> it was called an ever building. Or, and that's what the em- enterprise was called. Like, that it would just yeah. continue. Like, not just as in, like, nine to five, like 24 hours a day. Oh, they were really? working on the house. Yeah. P- like, according to this curse or, or whatever madness she had just got all of a sudden, the house yeah. had to just continue so they, ha- they would have rotating shifts of workers <laughs> would you be like okay guys just work really slowly 
because <laughs> um, you're getting paid anyway. It's yeah, keep yeah. going on. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, that's, you don't want to get to the end, so just take your time. She doubled the pay of ev- for everybody as well, because like wow. people would be like, "This is madness," but like they were getting double the pay, and they knew they had a job for <laughs> until she died essentially, <laughs> yeah. like of just building it. Wow. So like that's pretty. I that's a pretty good job. That's a great job. Um, and she hired an architect, but ended up firing him because he just wouldn't follow her instructions. So yeah. she became, she became the architect. Yeah. And it reached. So this is the house. It reached a height of seven stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was around five hundred, or six hundred rooms. Wow. Yeah. Apparently nobody's because oh yeah I'll I'll won't well, I'll bury the lead here. The house is still there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's a tourist attraction, and even on like the t- on the website, yeah, uh, it says that it says the house features up to six hundred rooms, but nobody's ever been able to count. What? <laughs> yeah, I think that's them. That's just their selling. Sell- yeah, yeah, which yeah. is. So tourists walk around going, oh, but I imagine it's quite hard. <laughs> like, yeah, because when you when we get into like the waiter construct like the room, like it's a mess. It's a jumble of, like it's seven stories, but one story, like the third floor of the house, might yeah. come over at some point if you walk along a slope and go over the fourth story, and then oh, there'll be a stairs okay. that will only go down to the second floor. And like so, that's mental. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's a big maze, basically. Yeah, actually, uh, just to go back, actually, it, it, well, it did reach seven stories, but in 1906, an earthquake uh, knocked down half the house, so it was reduced <laughs> to four. Wow! And um, they never went for they never built it back up, but yeah. apparently, <laughs> the night the earthquake hit, yeah, the builders had stopped working. No. <laughs> I imagine that was made up. Like, yeah. I'm well, sure that, was, was, that was the earth swallowing back up the soul yeah, and taking yeah. them back down to hell. But like the idea is, if the if the work stops, she'll die. Um, yeah. But yeah, so according to legend, according to why I'm mumbling so much today, I'm just like talking too fast. I think it's because I'm trying to trying to get to that next podcast. Oh, I was yeah. trying to rush through. So yeah, according to legends, uh, she had a séance every night. Wow, and so th- w- this is all around late. This is late century and early century, eighteen ninety to eighteen yeah. eighties up until now. See, seances were all the rage. And yeah, stuff. So yeah. it was a it was a big business back then. It was that's a huge it. thing. It was parlor. Tr- that's where parlor tricks comes from because it was yeah. Like, like you invited friends over for dinner and had a seance. Yeah, it was also because like, that's what you did. There was. It was entertainment. Yeah, like, it was like coming that's over. Where, that's where the original Ouija board comes from. And stuff yeah, like. it's like, oh, you want to come over and have a game of the new UFC game? Like, it was that same thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. But, and, well, it was also with, um, it was like when we, in the episode, episode four or five, when we done the Coney Island stuff about how a lot of the rides there were oh, yeah. a way to, for couples to touch each other, to get close. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's the, the Ouija board. They were still that Puritan beliefs. Yeah. It was like the flirtiness of you all get to put, even just putting your fingers together to, you know, it was just being that close yeah, and yeah. stuff. And the lights were out. It was, 
it was playful like yeah but then some people that there was people that thought it was something much more as well and maybe mary mary winchester i keep saying mary winchester <laughs> <laughs> sarah winchester um although i think in supernatural mary winchester's mother is sarah winchester i'm, I'm trying to remember when they go back in time can't believe Possibly. they went back in time in that show uh, anyway several times so she had a uh, seances but this was to help with the building like this was to get instructions of what rooms to do next and all this and apparently like she had this well that's one story another one is that that's how she trapped the ghosts with the seances that she had in she'd have a seance room built yeah and she'd have all these rooms built around it with partitions in the wall where she could slip through so she'd do the seance in one room apparently and then like go through a secret door in the wall to escape into the next room and yeah and then lock it and lock the ghost and her idea was she was locking the ghost in that room oh okay and then she changed the design of the house and build the rooms differently and it was a way to confuse the spirits yeah which just that sounds bonkers but or she was just getting instructions on how to build a house neither sound like reasonable (laughs) (laughs) From someone who was extremely intelligent. Yeah, yeah. But and that's it. Like she um like was like sick up to six hundred rooms apparently, like she never slept in the same room. Like she slept in a different room every night. Yeah. And by the time she started over, the house it's it had been a year. The house had already changed. Oh, okay, yeah. So like in throughout its entire existence she would have never slept in the same room. Yeah, yeah. So by the time she came back, they'd rebuilt that oh. section, that wing of the house. Oh, so they they would build, a, say, a wing, mm. then go build the next wing, and then come back and do the first one. Not, yeah, then she decided to oh, knock okay. a room into another one and add a stairs. Uh, okay, so it wasn't like they were continuously just growing uh, outwards. <laughs> they were always renewing it and rebuilding yeah, it, changing yeah, like, the architecture and design of it. I think the a plan originally was to grow outwards and grow up, but then after the earthquake, it just kind of became like constantly renewing it. Yeah, now, yeah. this would have been such a, an elaborate house that there would have been... It would have been doing both. It would have been growing as well. But they would yeah, always yeah. be knocking down... What, like, turning the bedroom into a hall now and adding the stairs and all that. Yeah, it. yeah. At least that's my idea of it. If somebody knows more about it... Oh, I'd, I'd love if there was somebody that's actually been there listening. Or if you work there. Oh, that'd be incredible. Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, like, somebody even just look for people that work there. Because... Yeah we can't like we we can go to scotland and paris but this is way too far away does their website have a twitter we'll tag them in the podcast yeah yeah or i wonder like there's a podcast i've been listening to it's on soundcloud the the last podcast on the left it's called and they do like it's an awesome name (laughs) and they do like conspiracy theories and just like ghostly stuff and that but they like have a they're kind of they don't take it too serious like they're just very into it and they're funny and like they'd be good maybe they'll just cover this for us they'll do a better job (laughs) they're very good but anyway um so yeah like it was a mental mental house like rooms within rooms there was doors that just opened into solid walls and (laughs) there was loads of sky i've seen pictures of the skylights these that's one thing yeah like the house looked awesome like it was really nicely decorated like it was beautifully designed oh yeah 
it's not like this mess of not like Ned Flanders' house in the episode of The Simpsons when oh, yeah. remember it's knocked down and the people of Springfield rebuild it for him. Oh, and yeah. It's just a mess. Like it wasn't that. It was like really fancy. <laughs> Where you walk up a hallway and when you get there, the door is tiny. But that was in this house. <laughs> oh, really? But it would be like this just luxury of a car, like a hotel style corridor that would get smaller. Uh, and and of course. As you said, she was, what, 4'10"? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another thing. The stairs, apparently, like, the stairs, there was really oddly designed stairs where you could walk up some of them. Yeah. But couldn't walk down them. Just physically, it was just too, just the way, and then, and vice versa. And some of them just had tiny, tiny steps that nobody could get up them. Yeah. But she could. Uh, Because she was a small little petite woman. And she's, Diddy, she's continuously trying to lead spirits astray and trap them somewhere and even the thing of getting up and down the ones you could go up but not down like that she might have been able to because of her frame that they were built designed for her and not for anybody else but also there was skylights and they look awesome they're gorgeous skylights but then there's a roof over them there's no sky <laughs> and i don't know if that was a case that like maybe at one, at one point there would have been a sky and then she decided she wanted another floor yeah like wow but yeah, and just like huge, there's like great, like these huge doors, like ballroom doors, and you open them and you go into this small little closet, like box room, <laughs> and then there's like the complete opposite where like a real, like just an average wooden door that leads into this, like uh, a, a library, like it's just crazy. <laughs> Brilliant. And um, what else, like, yeah, just all this crazy stuff, but what's not all crazy either, like I mentioned the ballroom doors, there was a grand ballroom. And there was nothing weird about that. It was just this huge, cool ballroom. Yeah. But it was built without any nails. Oh, okay. I don't know how. I really should have... Just, like, good uh, joints and stuff. Yeah, it was just how it was designed. And I guess that was the the exercise, was to see how incredible of a ballroom she could design and get them to build without using nails. What about, like, the floor? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe the floor probably what? Maybe it's but literally the frame. The, and the, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know how you do it. I, but... Um, oh, actually, back to the ballroom. The When the earthquake hit the ballroom... Or hit the house, sorry. The ballroom was destroyed. Oh. And that actually, like, was kind of... If it's true that she was, like, running from ghosts and all... She actually decided to board up the ballroom. Yeah. And leave it there to ensure that the house would never be completed. Because the ballroom would never be fixed. Uh, because that okay. that's going on the theory that, you know, if she stops building the house, she'll die. But yeah. I don't know if that works because the ballroom had been built. I don't know if mending a room counts. Yeah. We're saying it like these rules. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds so strange. Yeah, so let's see what else I have. Look, oh, yeah, it can in 47 fireplaces and 17 chimneys. <laughs> <laughs> there, was one, there was one section called the Hall of Fires yeah. that was just had most of the fires and it was just designed to produce as much heat as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and... Even though, like, all these crazy designs, some of them actually could just be functional because apparently she had really bad arthritis. Oh, so yeah. she just had wanted one really warm room that... She could go be comfy in. Yeah. 
What what's the house called or what's the Winchester Mystery House is what they call it now anyway. Oh really? I don't know if yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. she had a, a name on it. But it's called it like Devil's Reap or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but there's a funny thing cuz like the the main story is that she was building it to hide from them. But there's some that say, oh, maybe she was actually building it to accommodate the spirits. Yeah. And one of the theories that backs that up, and again, obviously ghosts aren't real, but if she believed them, yeah. she took all all the mirrors out of the house. Oh, and yeah. that's one of the one of the myths is that if you show a, a spirit a mirror, it captures it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so that maybe she was actually building it for them. But yeah, and so this, even at the time when it was going on, it became quite a, a story in the papers and stuff. There was p- people covering it, and apparently, like she still, like she still had like a bit of a social life at this point, but more charitable. Like she still, like she was like Bruce Wayne, you know. She had all her foundations, oh, like yeah. and let children come to visit it, but didn't really care for anybody else. Uh, President Roosevelt called to see her one day. He was really interested oh. in the design. Uh, she didn't answer the door to him. <laughs> which is amazing that's awesome <laughs> and she knew it was him and she just couldn't me, just couldn't be bothered yeah. um, <laughs> I like that I, I uh, like I took down some quick facts about this um, I'll edit it and change it if I was wrong because I'm getting in I said I had like something like 600 rooms five to 600 rooms but now I'm say, saying something that says it was 206 <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> oh wait no bedrooms never mind Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, not. Uh, I just liked she, she wasn't letting President Roosevelt in. That's really fine. Yeah, and what else? Uh, two basements, thousand windows, six kitchens, four hundred and sixty-seven doors. Um, apparently the butler and the niece were the only people to uh, see her without a veil as well. Wow! And if workers did, they were fired. Bizarre. Yeah, but anyway, so she obviously became quite the engineer anyway. Yeah, uh, just into the engineer. <laughs> so, but just by doing all that, like, yeah. she's actually the first person to use wool as insulation. Wow! And you know, it was lit. The house was lit by carbide uh, gas lights. That had its own manufacturing plant, and she had panels on the w- window. She had electronics, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, she died on the fifth of this month, though, and. In the house. In the house. Yeah. And apparently there's two versions. There, one says that, you know, the first time the workers stopped was when they heard the news that she died. They just stopped straight away and just left because they'd yeah. only been doing it for her. Like, and Oh, yeah, yeah. And another one says that the workers actually stopped the night before. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask that. That was my next question. Was like, is there something that the workers stopped and then she died that night? And dun, dun, dun. and in accordance with her 12-page uh, will, yeah. which was signed by her 13 times, apparently, she left her entire estate divided up to uh, different charities, even number of times, and then some money to her... Or between charities, her niece and her butler all got. Oh, yeah and it's been the, passed on obviously the charities got together and turned it into a museum or something yeah it? i guess and but it's funny like all of that is like all of that everything in that story is true like everything about the happened with the house is true yeah but 
everything about why and all the stuff about Mary Winchester all just comes from an article that was written in the National Enquirer. <laughs> <laughs> like what the the sort of folklore of like her going to see the psychic and being told uh, she was being haunted by spirits and it only appears in that one article yeah nobody else nobody ever heard her say why she was doing this oh okay so it could be just yeah speculation now that kind of ruins the story yeah yeah. but like it's still she might have been it but like the national choir i don't know why there's no reason why they would have met it up either but apparently uh tour guides were kind of encouraged to make stuff up throughout the years as well so it's oh, been yeah. lost what was real there's also no actual record of the adam coombs the psychic in boston there's no record of somebody by that name ever existing ah, okay. and the reason i started out with all the freemason stuff and oh, she went to all these places in europe yeah. i think it's most likely she just built a really extraordinary puzzle yeah and nobody ever solved it <laughs> That's probably more like she built like a a Rubik's cube house. Yeah, yeah. Like or like she could have. I know she split up her fortune to charities, but like that company made so much money. There could be like treasure hiding somewhere in the house. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, that's where one of the stones is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like maybe when she went Infinity to, Gems is in there. Well, I'm thinking like she seemed like a really smart woman. Maybe she found the entrance in Rosalind Chapel. Oh, and maybe the made better. the mummified head of Jesus Christ and the Ark of the Covenant and the, all of that stuff is actually buried somewhere yeah. in the Winchester Mystery House and me and you Shane are going to find it <laughs> <laughs> just passing yes, two are. tickets to <laughs> in a Goonies like adventure <laughs> let's go Johnny right now well, that's really it like I uh, hope you weren't disappointed with where it just no, no, stops that's, but that's brilliant <laughs> that's a, a great story I I think your theory is probably more likely I actually prefer, I much prefer that one as well there's actually more mystery in that as well it's like oh some poor yeah. old woman who had a really bad few years thought there was spirits there's also a thing like because, because talking about how well read she is and travelled and how intelligent and stuff she comes across I find it hard to believe that she was that superstitious yeah I, I or even really if do. she was superstitious that she'd even be bothered by it yeah because like, I, I imagine like an intelligent person can be very superstitious but I don't imagine an intelligent person could let it rule them in no. any way they would find some sort of logic to it and yeah really. but I, I agree with you mainly that yeah she probably just won't be superstitious <laughs> <laughs> I like she seems like she's just really eccentric and yeah yeah which kind of comes with being a prodigy and stuff. I'd anyway. say more, more what you're saying is she was trying to build a puzzle. Yeah, she just wanted to leave the her own. The fact that she like fired the architect and stuff. She had a plan in her head. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't. She wasn't just trying to build random rooms. Yeah, for yeah. The sake of that sounded like she had a vision of what she wanted. I don't mean spirits came to her in a vision. Yeah, yeah. I mean like the idea. She had an idea, you know. And I think that's backed up by the like the grand hall have been built with no nails. Yeah, oh, definitely and There's then like the stair, architecture the there. stairs that you could climb up but climb down yeah like definitely and the other thing is like she financed all of this through the her own and half the winchester repeating arms company if she thought the ghosts of people that died by those guns were haunting her 
would the first thing you do not like sell so, <laughs> yeah you would so you'd sell but you kept shares. it like so i don't yeah yeah it doesn't sound like any of that was true yeah no i'd be very very surprised but uh, i think there's probably like I, i'd say like if you could actually find out her actual reasoning behind it it'd be much much more interesting that's what it is if and there's a better mystery there because of it you know there's, there's a journal that tell explains what she was doing that's hidden somewhere you solve the puzzle. Let me just guess there. That's all the journal says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the purpose was to find this journal, which was this. <laughs> you were right, Johnny and Shane, signed Sarah. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> w great last episode of the podcast. <laughs> I know. In ninety years, you will put this on yeah. your podcast. Johnny and Shane, love Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant P.S. buy my guns <laughs> you want to get serious want to get serious yeah 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 you know we love death here oh yeah and I there's two too. there's two ways we love death one is blimp disasters and the other is mining, mining disasters, disasters. <laughs> and or cannibalism would have been cannibal- the yeah that cannibalism yeah. um so there was a mining disaster this week. Do you think that alarm's affecting? I can hear it. There's like a house alarm, a car alarm going off yeah. outside. Yeah, well, We've, there's nothing you can do about it. So, going with well, the fifth of September. Okay. I don't have the exact. For some reason, I didn't write the date. I just have all my notes as the sixth. Yeah. So it's just the day this is going out, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, so this is the mining disaster in the Hague Colliery in Cumbria, England. It's Thirty-nine dead. So, oh, sorry. Is this our first? This is our first English mining disaster. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And this was the Collier Collier uh, mining. Uh, it was Hague Collier um, mining pits. So it's like it's not so much like a normal big long mine shaft. These were more pits that were out in Cumbria in England. Um. So on the day is started off at five a.m., which is a normal starting day for miners. There is a uh, William Waitman, the deputy in charge of the uh, six quarters seam, which is the section mm. uh, they're using. And uh, in the report book, it showed that gas had been detected in the north district, and three areas were fenced off. But when uh, Waitman went down earlier that evening, the areas were reported to be clear. So. Uh, he opened the mine again as normal. Okay. Uh, Fourteen men entered into the southwest. Thirty-eight men went into the six quarters north district, and another nineteen went to the drifts, and eleven to the main haulage road and shaft bottom. So there's a lot of people in in the mine. Um, and also in the mine, there's an under manager by the name of uh, Alexander Miller, and he's involved in a lot of this. Um, uh, so just before nine o'clock in the morning, uh. The bank's man, Alexander uh, Pitblade, great name. <laughs> uh, Pitblade. Yeah, P I T B L A D E. That's a Mad Max character. Like. It is. Pitblade. It's a guy who has no arms but just blades coming out of his pits. I always think like it's somebody that fights in a pit with a blade. <laughs> he was born in the blade. He was born in the pit with a blade yeah. in his hand. Have his whole origin story in my head now. Yeah, um, I, I was so, going to try and like plug our next podcast with it, but then I was like, "Well, that doesn't co- that's not going to go up for like a month." Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Alexander Pitblade 
Well, he was the Banks man. I was going to say, I suspect Pit Blade was his title because it was Pitts, but actually his, he was the Banks man. So anyway, right. unless he was... No, no, it's the Banks man, yeah. Uh, he noticed a cloud of dust coming up from the downcast shaft or shaft number four. So he called the mine the mine rescue team um, and there's a bunch of guys in the rescue team, but we kind of get to them. So when the explosion struck, Miller, Alexander Miller, the under manager, and... Uh, Another guy called who was a rope splicer, uh, named Trev Travascus. Uh, they were standing underground near the compressor house when they were knocked off their feet by a blast coming from the north district six, uh, in the six quarter seam. Uh, Travascus suffered bro- broken ribs, but Miller, more or less unhurt, moved in by uh, moved in until he came across the first dead body of a young man called Thomas Telford, who was only 19. In the southwest district, uh, the men knew there had been an explosion and were making their way out. By this time, then, the rescue teams arrived uh, and they could hear Miller calling for help uh, and they found him near unconscious 120 yards down the drift. They dragged him back to a junction with the help of uh, another guy, John Rothery and Mr. Kilpatrick, uh, who had made their way to the scene. Uh, then there's uh, Mr. Cook and Steele, who were part of the rescue team. Again, great names. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were, uh, they managed to reach down into the six quarters junction. And after deciding there was no risk of fire, uh, they started a fan blaring by about half 10 in the morning, uh, just trying to like get oxygen back into the sections. Uh, the air was full of apt after damp, mainly carbon monoxide, uh, with a white vapor, and they decided all must be dead in the area near the explosion. So it wasn't this wasn't like a fire explosion, this was like a gas pressure explosion. Yeah. yeah. So there was no flames, from what I can figure out. It was just wow. a huge release of gas suddenly, just like booming through the place. Carbon monoxide, oxygen's gone. Like shockwave through the place, knocking people down obviously causing uh, destabilization in some of the tunnels and all that kind of stuff and people getting a bit buried by debris and things like that just so kind of a crazy explosion yeah, really yeah. so Steele and Miller uh, they were taken uh, to the surface after suffering from the effects of the gas and were taken to the local hospital a halt and the rescue tents were called until repairs could be carried out to improve the atmosphere uh, because all the rescue guys kept collapsing while they were going down they were running out of oxygen Jesus. So, so by early afternoon uh, the repairs were completed and the air was making its normal course the rescue party moved in recovering dead bodies and making further repairs as they went after damp was still causing problems with many of the rescuers having to be held back uh, from the shafts some unconscious but things were improving and they erected uh, these uh, battresses which they're like a blind a, they do like what is it it's a planks uh, or a wooden frame with canvas and um, so they cover and um, so they can control what way the air circulation goes so when you have say like forks and junctions they'd cut off one section because there's nobody down there and cause the airflow to go down to the other one and that kind of, yeah uh, just trying to direct all the airflow to go where they wanted to and then by 3 a.m the following or that night um, on the sixth sorry yes sorry this is the fifth and then on the sixth 22 hours after the shift had entered the mine so once they all started work uh, they had recovered the bodies of 25 men uh, and 
they didn't get the rest of them until nearly the 10th of September. Jeez. So, so it was five days it was rescuing to get down to get the rest. And in total, there was 39 dead. And so five days of guys going in and collapsing. <laughs> Pretty like, much, yeah, yeah. Them trying, just trying wow. to get oxygen and air down. And Sorry, this just can't mind because you remind when you mentioned rescue and just to go back to the mayor or the sarah winchester thing because yeah. she died at home do you think like it took them a long time to find the body <laughs> <laughs> it would have wouldn't it? yeah when did the, so when did she really die yeah i must look that up I won't do it now. Just as you're thinking, yeah, like, I just to get never even mind. You're like, oh. it just never occurred to me. Like, if the house was built like that, how hard it would have been. I guess the butler must have found her. Like, he must like know where she's sleeping every mo- every night. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> the Unless the butler did it. <laughs> um, she's actually just hiding from the butler. Oh, like the some <laughs> weird thing in the will. Some weird thing. She house. inherited the butler. Yeah. She would build a house and just hide from him because she couldn't fire him or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> That's really funny. That's silly idea. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, the remainder of the bodies uh, had been buried under roof falls and there, yeah, it wasn't until the 10th of September that they got them. So the total dead by then was counted as 39. Huge uh, number. We yeah. really should like have a little file on one of our computers to keep a track of, of all the death toll in every story we Oh uh, yeah. If anybody like really likes the show and is gonna listen to other episodes, will you take note of how many people have died in well, each disaster? Well, I, I could probably tell you I ha I'd like well I'm not sitting on my laptop now, but I have folders for every year on my laptop. Okay. With all the stuff all my research in them. That'd so. be good to just keep track of the ones we've covered. Like I'll have that for you next week. Nice. Remind me of that, will you? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a total death toll. That'd be good. That'd be for uh, our podcast so far. Yeah. <laughs> Any people we've killed? I mean, oh, sorry, total. That's actually even better. Yeah, like that's that just the mindset mean? for every episode. If we do, is how it? many people die in, episode? in each episode? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's really good. I like that. So would that include? Okay, like la- the other week you were talking about a serial killer who claimed to kill say this many people. And we were, would you talk about his whole career or how many people they killed that week? I think their whole career just because they're just so, because we're not going to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because like we done, yeah, like Carl Panzram, like we're not going to touch on him again. We've done him. So I I would say that counts as as the episode's death toll. Yeah, okay, yeah, I get you. Because, like, there's st- if it's just, like, if you're only keeping track of, like, that week, I mean, there's stories we wouldn't have covered yeah. where people die as well. I, I think it's more about our, our podcast rather than the year. Like oh, yeah, how people. Yeah, what's our death toll at the end of yeah. the episode? So, so far this episode, it's 40 people dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Uh, 42. Well, who's the... Oh, well, yeah, 40, yeah. Winchester and his dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, 43, the baby, as well, oh, sadly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 43 yeah and like yeah 43 yeah well actually we have some more yeah what what Uh, have you got (laughs) this is from uh, just go with some paper stories that you might like there's more death (laughs) charged with murder oh yes (laughs) this is from the that is my favourite line to read (laughs) 
in an old yeah, newspaper. <laughs> Whenever I'm looking for stories, I'm always like, charged with murder. I feel or like the, tr- the murder trial of. I'm like, ooh yeah. I feel like a maniac when I say so when I see charged with murder and I get excited. Burning in old timey papers. Me too. Because it's usually a story like this. So this is from the Auckland Star, fifth uh, of September. Yeah. Um, the Ashburn tragedy. Samuel Holland appearing appeared in court today on a charge of having murdered James Gill on the night of August 25th. The police applied for a remand until Thursday, which was granted with the bail as blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I started with that part. It (laughs) is alleged that at about one o'clock on the morning of August 26th, a number of men were standing outside the Victoria Hall, Ashburn, where a dance was in progress. Gill rode up on a horse and in this mountain remarked that his horse was fond of music <laughs> it is alleged <laughs> <laughs> it is alleged that holland holland thereupon knocked the man down gill picked himself up and asked who had struck him holland said it was me and stepped out again and struck gill a second time gill fell to the ground in the middle of the roadway and did not rise up again holland went away some of the others of the party propped up gill in the doorway thinking he would soon come round and one of them took his horse away to a stable half an hour afterwards this man returned and on exclaiming <laughs> or sorry and on examining gill came to the conclusion he was dead also the, the guy who took the horse yeah yeah he sent for the police and doctor the latter on arrival pronounced life to be extinct i love that and so there's a bit more but just something like that's such a weird scenario so like this man there's a group of guys sitting around this man came up on his horse he's like my gone. horse likes dancing and so well i'll show you <laughs> so just decks him yeah <laughs> it's like do you hit me i hit him and he hits him again <laughs> yeah but what a um, weird scenario so but there's a bit more to it it is stated that earlier in the day holland and some friends were at chester hotel or Chertsey hotel when Gill rode up while Holland's party were at the bar, Gill came in and called out, Three cheers for the man who killed Michael Collins. Holland, or one of his friends, retorted, You are a devilera, are you? Then there was a scuffle between Holland and Gill, but they were separated. Gill then left. So that happened earlier in the day, and then they bumped into each other later that sort of referring to um michael collins we shot yeah i guess we should mention that that happened too <laughs> it's it's funny that i pick out this story and not although well, collins wasn't shot this week but yeah it was yeah. still it was making the news it's 22 sorry it was this it was this year though yeah yeah it was this year um uh i was at his I, grave on the other week actually i think it was like close like it would have been in the last two weeks like i have a weird no, it was. I know this. It was uh, the twenty second of July. I thought it was later. <sighs> I, was, I think if we put our brains together, it was, like we the get 20, this. It was 22nd of, no, it's twenty second. No, August. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's twenty second of August. Um, I was at his grave only two weeks ago. So, uh, okay. Um, and I'm trying to remember because it was an Irish, and my birthday is twenty second of June. And I was like, did he die on my birthday? And uh, then I was like, right. no, trying to, and then we were trying to translate the months and we're like no 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 it's august yeah well i don't like i had some other 
items uh, this isn't funny or anything but i just thought this was worth mentioning just because i found this weird it's prohibition of tobacco oh um this is from the 7th of september from a paper just called press um in new zealand (laughs) but it's very quick one so the american no No tobacco league held its annual convention in menorah mississippi today and passed a resolution denouncing tobacco and calling upon all state legislation to or sorry all state legislators to press laws safeguarding rights of non-smoke sorry yeah the right sorry to sign the uh for the rights of non-smokers yeah and promoting an advertisement of the risks of tobacco through newspapers and periodicals so they're trying to bring in a smoking ban yeah the resolution declares non-smokers have the inherent right to breed pure air uncontaminated by the poisonous fumes of tobacco smoke and there's just it blah blah doesn't really matter after that i just found it funny well, not funny, but like interesting that in 1922 there was actually a movement because you always hear, yeah. "Oh, back in the 70s and 80s, we didn't know about the harm of tobacco." It's, it's like, bull. It's all bull. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, no, in the 20s they were well yeah. aware. It's mad that it like took another 90 years for yeah. people to go. Maybe we should ban smoking in public places. Yeah, and like I'm, I like I used to smoke tobacco, and I don't mind smoking. I still might smoke when I'm drinking. Even when I smoke, and I detested people who smoked in public. I know, yeah. Not yeah. just indoors, even people who lit up at a bus stop. It's like, yeah, no, like, why would you do it? Why, like, nobody else wants to I, smell I, that. No, I hate the, walking down the street and someone in front of you is smoking. I smoked, so I didn't really mind. Yeah, but yeah. I knew that nobody, nobody in the world who who doesn't smoke wants this. You were always a very considerate smoker. When we started doing this podcast. You smoked, yeah, um, yeah. And we'd take cigarette breaks, and you'd go stand outside the back, my back garden, and smoke. Well, I definitely wasn't going to smoke in your house, but even no, like, no, I would still like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be very considerate, like. But I wouldn't like. I'd never smoke at a bus stop. Like, I'd, I'd smoke walking down the. If I was like walking into town, I'd smoke. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm moving, like, but I would never like stop outside of a. At a pub was about it. A night out, you're at a pub. You, you go outside for a cigarette. Uh, but yeah. I'd never stand outside a coffee shop smoking where there's going to be other people. Like, even though you're outdoors, it's like, it doesn't matter. The secondhand smoke isn't even a risk at that point, no, really. It's just, but it's just the smell. It's unpleasant, like, to most yeah. people. That's it's not it. unpleasant to smokers, and smokers think they don't smell no. <laughs> like an ashtray. The one I hate the most is Durant. <laughs> the one I hate the most is when, you know, when you're. you're Going to the street and they're, they're working on a building, so they build a like wooden the, walk yeah. way uh, on the path, which is like a framed in walkway uh, all along the path, and you're trapped in it because it's quite narrow, so you can't overtake people walking. And the person in front of you is smoking. Yeah, that drives me mad. Oh yeah, it's just and for some reason it it always happens every time you go into one. The person in front of you is smoking. Yeah, or you're in queue in a queue for a nightclub or something, and people are smoking. It's a little easier to take because yeah, you're yeah. like it's a night out, but it still bothers. It's just this idea that, like, they don't people don't realize that no, no. they're that it's just an awful smell. Yeah, <laughs> you're literally yeah. just producing an awful smell for people. Yeah. It's not even like like a wood fire is a really nice smell. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's totally different. Like yeah, smoking doesn't smell nice, especially no. actual cigarettes. Like roll, I I kind of actually like the smell of rollies, but it's a bit different. I know that most people don't, so yeah, I yeah. never smoked them. It's just 
I happen to like it. But yeah. actual cigarettes like smell like crap. Like that's yeah. the reason I never. The reason I smoked all these is because I did like cigarettes just tasted vile and smelled vile to me. Yeah. But yeah, I, but I just thought that there, there you are. Anyone that thought otherwise, there's proof that there was like strong movements to get tobacco banned back and not even not to yeah. get banned they just want it. like prohibition doesn't mean banned it's they were aware of the uh, health problems yeah. kind of, uh, associated with smoking they didn't want people to smoke like like we have now in yeah most actually countries. well they were probably at this point they were probably only uh looking for smoking areas <laughs> Like, you know, yeah, like yeah. remember restaurants, even though that's still didn't make, but you know, you'd have smoking areas and non-smoking areas. Yeah, yeah. At this point, that was probably all they were, were going to get. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they weren't looking for that much. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. And that's, yeah, that's the news as it was this week in 1922. Oh, uh, yeah. I think, uh, is it? Unless I you... D- I don't have anything else. Well, well, we'll see you in the future. You mean the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs>